0: Welcome to the Classy Podcast
1: by Class 101. I'm Angela Sun, and with me is DJ and producer Mern. Okay, so my name is Manfred. I perform under the name Merdin. I've been DJ and producer for about nine years now. Just traveling all around Asia and releasing most of my music, on big electronic labels like Ultra Music, Astral Works, Monster Cat. So yeah, I've been around and when I talk about music, it just feels like I stopped it so long ago, so like some of it is a blur, but there have been some highlights like playing Tomorrowland, playing Ultra Music Festival, playing like Hot Summer. So those are just fun things.
0: I was also wondering, what's the last game you played?
1: Okay, the last, literally, last night it was World of Warcraft. Yes. Okay. Day Gamer.
0: Do you have any other artistic copy other than music?
1: I'm just really into design in general. I like designing my own posters to a fly. I'm just really into like fonts and all that. So I think it's also the same, like one flooding editing. I edit a lot of my like teasers, lots of little like video snippets, like all the canvases on Spotify for my music. I edit them. So for Class 1, been editing a little bit of my videos as well.
0: That's pretty cool. I was also wondering, are there any classes that you'd be interested in taking on our site?
1: I saw music production one, but if you guys have an actual like design course, really interested to do it. Not like character design, because I assume you guys have lots of that, but really just, you know, like introductory Photoshop, because like the way I learned design is probably really raw. So everything I do takes a long time. But it's just fun, like, playing around.
0: I think there's one from a Korean designer. He's a brand design marketer. I think mm-hmm. maybe it's just like an ad, Yeah. Okay. So let's get right into the questions about your course. My first yes. question is what's the biggest reason for launching the last 10% with us?
1: It came from like a personal reason because when I was starting out, like no one was telling me how to do my stuff. I was just, yeah. Pre-balling it, I was just <clears throat> trying my best. I would, the only thing I had was just like random YouTube tutorials. So I thought it would be a good idea to have a really connected and focused course from someone who's experienced in the industry to tell people what the best practices are. And like just general music advice, which I think I've heard so much of over the, the years.
0: I thought it was interesting during your interview with Bandwagon last year. It was a YouTube video that I watched. You said the last half perfect yeah. is like the hardest part. I think, yeah, I think you said it's, it isn't the fun part. And I thought it was super interesting how you decided to create a course around that.
1: Yeah, sure. I think for a lot of my music, especially the last last few tweaks to a song, change it the most. So sometimes I'll have a full finished project, but it's not quite done. And I'll take a few listens or maybe take a break from it. And I'll come back and look at it again with fresh eyes and ears and realize, I think the song could be better this direction. So it's all in the last few bits, you face this kind of insecurity and you're always just like checking yourself. So I thought it'd be interesting to give people some things to focus on, something to take note of. So they're not always just stuck with a whole list of demos in this folder. And then they'll show people that have the demos and the people like, and then you'd be like, oh, these aren't really done yet. I'm still waiting for something. So yeah, I think. Finishing music is really just the best way to keep creativity going. And I just really want to help people finish music.
0: I read through your curriculum, which is still in draft because you're still creating the course. And it was obvious that you put a lot of thought into teaching electronic music production. I'm wondering whether this is your first time teaching or have you done workshops before?
1: I've definitely done a couple of, I actually used to teach in person. And before I was into like DJing and before I was playing all these shows, teaching like friends or just referrals, like how to use this program, really introductory, really basic stuff. And I always liked teaching because it also gives it a way for me to check my own knowledge. So so I might understand this thing in a certain way. I'll teach and be like, oh, actually it's not really that true. Also, I've given a few courses in person, like things like IMS, the International Music Summit, talking about like how I produce my stuff. I also given courses. I remember it was in Jakarta. There was really just a, a production workshop that I was just giving a full class on how I made this song. So yeah, it feels natural to me teaching. And also I just really like sharing information because the more information that's out there, really just the better music that comes out of the world.
0: In your own words, what's it like teaching something that you've been doing for so long? You touched on a few points here and there.
1: Teaching something that I'm really, you know, familiar with. I think it feels nice. And also there's a lot of music information out there that's locked behind that, like the information out there is just really esoteric. So I I just really want to help make that information accessible to as many people as possible. And also it's like simple stuff for me and for people. I think the biggest thing that really helped me was watching all these free courses and like people just like giving out sample packs, people giving out project files, and that's how I learned. I still have a bit of that passion today, just to pay it forward.
0: Tell us about the, your class one course production process. How's the process going? Are you learning from it?
1: It's been, (laughs) okay. I think it's been really fun because these past few months I've been on a really creative streak, so I've been writing lots of demo because I just came back from LA two months ago. I did some writing sessions there and. The music I'm making now is really, I feel like it's a step up from what I've always been doing. I don't know how I just learned like new skills and new tricks. So I thought it'd be really interesting to go through these like slightly more complex types of production than what than the classes I used to give. It's also really fun because it's really just going through my projects and finding something really interesting. And I'll talk about more about that concept. I'll talk about how it links to other things and just like best practices for each like part of the production process. So it's fun. It feels very natural. And the editing is just a different story. I notice I say things like, um, right, ah, a lot. So a lot of the editing is just cutting out these bits and it's a bit frustrating, but it's also fun and it's part of the process.
0: From the curriculum, you also mentioned that this program is broken down into two discrete halves. The first half is learning how to learn. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? What does learning mean to you?
1: When I'm making music, I'm always still trying to experiment and always trying to keep myself engaged in the process. Because if you have a list of typical things you're always going to do, the process can get a bit stale. You might run out of ideas. So for me, every few weeks or so, I try to learn something new, like a new, it can be a new software or a new plugin or like a new style of working or going across genres. And I think like these skills can be really useful for the long term because you're not really just learning a skill or something rudimentary, and you're just going to do it for the next few years. I think it's really important to learn how to keep yourself engaged in the whole process and keep yourself excited about music because music is an exciting thing, it's not like a, you go to the office and make music for a living. It's really important to stay engaged and learning how to Learn properly is one of the best things you can do. If not, like you have lots of, I wouldn't say bad, but unhelpful habits that you keep on to later years and it could affect like your music in the future.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you're treating learning as a source of inspiration.
1: Yeah, yeah. To me, I think the whole concept of this course is, it's not really like a, oh, you have to do this to be a good producer. You have to do this to make good music. It's really about knowing what the rules are like knowing how other people do them. And then I give the students an option like, okay, it's totally up to you if you want to follow this or if you want to disregard it. And it's also like building your own confidence because I understand it like in the past for me, I would always check like, oh, would Avicii do this? Would Deadmau5 do this thing that I'm doing? But after all, once you get enough practice and confidence, you can really just disregard that. So I'm trying to get that started early. Tell people, okay, these are the rules and then you can break them if you want. Can follow them if you want it's really mm-hmm. up to you
0: so you're saying you need to learn how to learn <laughs> so that you can build your own style
1: yeah yeah
0: that's awesome we talked a little bit about you teaching music production when do you feel most rewarded doing what you do either teaching or for producing
1: i think they're two different things definitely mm-hmm. teaching helps me get in touch with a lot of people and lots of producers that want to love up the game And also back in the day, I was really annoying to like bigger producers. I would ask them how to do this all the time. So I know how that feels to to learn something, like learn something secret. So it's like a really good feeling and production is more like a solitary thing. Something I do to relax and something that, you know, is fun for me. Like the of self-discovery, let's say you're producing something and then you discover a really cool sound. You discover a really cool workflow. So I feel like two different types of satisfaction I get.
0: Let's go back to teaching for a bit. So when you're teaching, were there any like specific instances that you felt most rewarded teaching music production?
1: Definitely. I think I gave a lot of advice to young producers who would later on become really popular. And that feels nice and really? kind of like they're producing a different type of music anyway. It feels nice and it feels like the information is out there already. I'm really just an aggregator or like, I just collect the information and explain it in easy to learn terms. So I feel like I'm not really doing that much teaching anyway, because like you can find this information if you need, I'm just like explaining it.
0: Yeah, but you're helping them, like, you're like making all the information click in their heads. I think that's something, I think you're giving yeah, yeah. yourself a little bit more credit on that.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, that's, that's a it's, easy it's... task. And it also feels rewarding because like in a few months, people will be like, oh, I made this. And I'm like, you made this. This sounds crazy. It sounds so advanced. So yeah, it's nice having these moments from time to time and definitely something I want to explore long term in the future when I can't fly so much anymore.
0: My next question is I checked out your Discord and thought it was like a really cute (laughs) community you have going on there with like readers and listeners. What does the community mean to you?
1: The community is really just this way everyone shares the same kind of. So like my Discord isn't like a place for everyone's like, oh, worship man, like all hail Kingman. No. It's really just a place for a lot of my friends just use it, just to hang out. And there are a lot of lots of music producers as well. Cause I really understand the importance of having a good community as a music producer, like back then my community was on Discord. It was like on Facebook messenger. We would have these like big groups and then we would share tricks and secrets all the time. Oh, I found a new kick drum. Here you go. I found this new sample pack. Here you go. So these days it's on Discord and then I'll drop in some of the conversations from time to time. And people are talking about really complex stuff when it comes to music production, people are sharing tips among themselves. So it's nice to see like a community doing that. Cause like when I was coming up or when I was living, it was really hard to find these spaces in particular.
0: How does it feel to have such big exposure worldwide?
1: Yeah, I think it definitely still feels funny. Like, why are you listening to me? There's many people out there, but I'm definitely super privileged, super lucky to have such a big, a different, like fans of different time zones and listeners in different time zones. And it's nice, like getting in touch with what works in this market versus what is really popular in this region of the world. And sometimes they overlap, sometimes they're two distinct things. So it opens my mind up to music in general and how to view music. it's also nice just like going to a random city in a random town and then playing a show and someone's like, oh, I listened to your music for five years. I'm like, that's, that's such a mind-blowing element to me still today.
0: Let's go to the class teacher question. Some of these things may sound basic, but I just want you to explain what these terms are in your own words. Sure. What is mixing?
1: Mixing to me is just Making sure each element in the mix is a good level. So when you listen to a really basic track, let's say like a rock song, right? You have the drums, you have the guitars, the vocals, some more guitars and like synth keys, for example. So mixing is a process where someone, it could be a mixing engineer, or it could be you to make sure all these levels in the song sound balanced. Like the drums aren't too loud. The guitars aren't too loud. So yeah, I think it's a super basic process, but. It takes a lot of skill to master because when you open up a door, like for the first time, for me, for example, in the past, I thought how they made all the songs in the world was they got all the musicians in one room, one small room, then they press this big red button and they will start recording. And if someone messes up, okay, we'll press it again. But now I know that's not the case. So with mixing, it's really easy for someone with nothing, but just a laptop to make. Really high quality sounding music. So yeah, that, that is the mixing process.
0: Why is understanding the visualization of the sounds important to becoming a good producer?
1: Even really good master engineers and really good, let's say people like Mike Dean, all these producers, or like West, they don't always use their ears because if that if making music is your job, you're listening to music 8, 12 hours a day, your ears will become fatigued. If you're always going to different rooms, you're not used to like the sound profile, your ears will lie to you after a while. So having a visual of your mix, it could be things like a waveform analyzer. It could be a spectrometer, oscilloscope, or it could just be a simple like metering plugin, like to see the levels of your mix. It can be really useful in helping people have a different sense of their body to understand what they're working on. So it's not just, you're not using your ears anymore. Now you're using your eyes, you how your song looks like in a certain visualizer. So it's really useful as well, because you can look at different songs and see how they look and when you can understand how something looks versus how something sounds, you can start making your music more consistent.
0: This is very open-ended, but how do you identify a good mix?
1: How do you identify a good mix? Okay, first you gotta look at the genre, right? Let's talk at something like electronic music. So when it comes to dance music in general, a good mix is cemented by the fact that the kick drum is very nice and centered in the mix. And it's usually one of the loudest elements in the mix. The basses will be slightly softer than the kick drum because you want some difference in dynamics between the kick and the sub layer. So that when it's playing on a club system, you have the thump and you feel it in your heart and all that. And then everything else is on top. The vocals will be slightly softer. Whereas if you look at a pop song, the vocals are the most prominent thing in the mix. Everything else will usually be carved out to give the vocals some space. So you can hear, if you hear really carefully, like I think a really good album to reference would be Daft Punk. Random Access Memories. Like the vocal mixing on there is really insane. You can hear the quietest like clicks and pops coming out of, for example, like Pharrell uh, Williams' mouth. So to identify a good mix, you just really have to listen to lots and lots of music. You gotta listen to bad music. You have to listen to good music. You have to listen to your music and put it in context, but it really just comes over time.
0: What do well-structured electronic songs have in common? In other words, what are the good supporting elements for a well-structured song?
1: Everything that just spawners, our human body is really attuned to the four on the floor drum beat. So you have one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four. So anything that fits these like eight or 16 bar standards, I like to say when it comes to electronic music, just feels very natural to a lot of people. And there's going to be introduction for eight bars, and then there's going to be a pre-chorus section, and then there's going to be a chorus. Maybe there's going to be a electronic drop, an instrumental chorus, so that's just how electronic music is structured and people that follow the structure will find some commercial success, but also people who just don't care about things like that. Lots of artists, I would say people like Forte or Tourist, they'll just make music in a seemingly random order. But then when you really break it down at the like, oh, okay. I understand why he did that. So the thing with structure is not like the end all be all, but for majority of commercial electronic music, there's like a predefined structure that formulas like intro, pre-chorus, drop, breakdown, etc.
0: You mentioned in your curriculum that the reverb is the electronic music's greatest invention and downfall. Why is that?
1: Yeah, because it's so easy for people to just slap a reverb on, let's say a really nice vocal, a vocal that sounds warm and crisp. And the moment you put too much reverb, it's just going to flood the whole mix. And it's going to sound like this singer singing, like a closed garage. Or something and it's going to sound really bad it's really easy for reverbs to sound bad. So that's why I like to say things like that. And also you have producers like Sebastian, the French house producer. Really it took all these things to the limit. Like you would distort reverb, you would put a reverb on the like big synth section and just distort it until to the point where it would be uncomfortable to your ears. And that was really innovative for the time. And but today people, because it's so accessible and the reverb is probably one of the most basic effects you can put on a song. Also, people don't really understand how to use it so well.
0: What are some things that you're preparing in your course that people can take away from about the reverb or your course in general?
1: Yeah. Okay. When it comes to effects, the segment of the course that deals with effects is really crisp and it shows like best practices, like what to do. And like later on in the course, I'm going to talk about like the creative things you can do with effects, like especially in reverb engine, because this course is destined to help you finish music, right? It's not going to teach you how to make music teaches you some really innovative things I do with reverb, like for example, in my song. So there's a lot of real world referencing. I'm not just like opening up a blank workstation and adding a new channel. I'm like, okay, today is how we affect reverb. For me, it's really just, okay, here's a a full song. People in my name will really, this is how I've done this. So yeah, it's a lot of real world application, which I think gives a lot of credence to this course.
0: What are the most important aspects of mastering?
1: The most important aspects of mastering is to, the first question is, are you prepared to master your own song? Because you need to have a bias, number one, like an unbiased viewpoint when it comes to thinking at your own music. It's very natural for people to listen to their own song and when they have to master their own song, they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to pump this up. I'm going to make it super bass. I'm going to make it super loud. So people will like it. But that's not the ideal of mastering. Mastering just makes sure that your sounds. Your song sounds very balanced and good on a bunch of different reference systems. So first on reference monitors, second on headphones, on consumer grade headphones, etc. So you have to be prepared to make these decisions that could impact how your song sounds to you for the sake of it being balanced on other systems. But of course, this is like an introductory, I feel like mastering is a whole new can of what was it its complex and always in the last stage. And it's really common for producers nowadays to just how mastering engineer to help.
0: You mentioned in one of your interviews that one of your favorite quotes or advice it was, is don't be in a rush to release anything. So when is a song done?
1: I feel like, so the two different questions. The first question is definitely, definitely don't be in a rush to release anything because there's so much more information you can get just by listening to it for a couple more weeks, putting it in context with your other favorite songs. Or even just taking some time off to decide whether you even like the song. Because releasing music, with all the music out there today, it definitely feels natural to be like, oh, there's, there's at least 60,000 minutes of songs uploaded to Spotify every single hour. I had to compete with that by increasing my output. But that's not really true. Like, it's going to be lost in the noise. It's... Way more productive to make sure you have a decent produced song that you really like out there. So take your time with it. And the second part of the question is, when, a song, when is a song really done? I think truth is like songs won't ever actually be done. It's really just, you have to get to a place where you are happy enough and every other hour or every other minute you put into the song that doesn't change anything is just wasted time. So you have to tell yourself, I've been working on this for 30 hours. I think it's done. Let me go sit on it. You will know when the song is company.
0: I think the same goes for any creative process. Writing yeah. or, yeah. And lining, yeah. editing, so and ending.
1: Like there's so many movie scripts out there that have been rushed to complete maybe two days before filming. And you end up with so many good secret gems in there. And then like directors will say, oh, I'm not sure whether to leave this in or take it out. But they just ran with it and sounds great. So why not? A lot of creators will agree. You can never really decide when something is actually done. So I know a lot of artists say my music is done when my label tells me the deadline, and then when I meet
0: the deadline, it's done. When you run out of time, <laughs> yeah. It's
1: good. That's me sometimes as well. We can't always have the luxury of just releasing music whenever we want to.
0: What's the best attitude to have as an aspiring producer? Like any advice you yeah. have for aspiring um, producers?
1: I really don't, because there's so many producers out there who have so many different personalities and ways of working. There's some producers who are full-on divas. They're like, I don't want to work with anyone smaller than me. I want like biggers. Oh, I don't want anyone to touch my song. I'm gonna mix and master. And then there's some people who were like, oh, can you do this for me? Or can I pay you? To-? In general, like the music industry is like a big place. It's going to be lots of characters. All I'm going to say is, for example, if you're an introvert, you don't have to be an extrovert to make music. It's likewise, like if you're an extrovert, like you have to know your strengths and weaknesses when it comes to making music, presenting your own music, producing music and working in a style that's best for you. But I think a common thing that I just want to say it's important is the passion to learn the moment you stop learning. You are being complacent, you're just going to eventually lose touch with the thing you do for work, like music. So if you're doing music, you have to make sure that you're good at it and you have to make sure your skills are honed. I think that's the only advice I have to give. people and music industry.
0: Good. Let's talk a little bit about circles. Give me three adjectives to
1: describe circles. Adjectives to describe circles. Maybe things like expansive, like expensive with an E. So like very wide, very big. Um, could be emotional, because a lot of the songs feel very personal to me. And the last adjective, i say energetic, which kind of means the same as emotion, but we won't run at them.
0: They're different. They're different. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, all three words that you picked that, I think they suit (laughs) them. I listened to the whole album. I think. Oh (laughs) no.
1: Thanks. Thank you.
0: So. As you know, Classic 101 is a South Korean platform and we serving it worldwide. I was curious yeah. to know, what does it mean to be the first Singaporean act to play at acclaimed festivals, like also Miami and Tomorrowland?
1: I feel like someone's going to do it eventually, someone like, it wouldn't be me, it'd be like some other kid in Singapore who's way more hard games than I am. It definitely feels nice. It feels like... All the work I've been doing for two years, it's basically just a and say, okay, you're on the right path, keep going. You're doing the right thing. It's also very mind-blowing just rocking up to these big festivals, thinking that I am a really small fish in the pond. And then just seeing the stage get packed up by people who heard me, oh, I'm going to see this guy up and comer. So it definitely feels nice. But then again, Singapore is really small. I feel like there's going to be a first Singaporean for everything, like <laughs> first Singaporean to like do this, first Singaporean to win a medal at the games and something. It's just like a matter of time what someone else does all things.
0: So you recently signed with Astroworld. What are your plans for the rest of 2022 and twenty twenty three? Now that the world is slowly transitioning yeah. to the post COVID era, any tour plans or anything like on your wish lists that you want to see realized in the? Next couple of years.
1: I think the biggest plan for the next few years is just catch up on my wasted years when it comes to COVID. I'm not really sure about shows because it's still really difficult and unsafe for lots of places, but definitely looking at some shows in the region, like safety pending, just making sure it's safe for everyone attending. And also when it comes to music, it's really just releasing all the music that I've been writing for the past two years.
0: Is there anything you'd like to tell your students for your class 101 course?
1: If anyone feels maybe too embarrassed to learn or maybe thinking, like, oh, I'm not like high skill enough for this course, like I shouldn't, it's, it's not really that kind of course. Some of it is basic, but then I'll explain like the intermediate things when we get there.
0: Looking forward to the course launch. Thanks so much for this interview and talk to you later.
1: All right. Have a good day. Good see you all. all right. Bye. Thanks.